Welcome to the Luva Mark Wrestling Podcast with Shane, Captain Jenny, Shane, Captain Jenny. All these super marks of wrestling, great time is guaranteed. Join the Luva Mark Wrestling Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Wrangler, and this is uh, episode two of our anniversary edition. I'm by myself tonight, and it's going to do the intros and outros for you. We've got some great interviews lined up for you. We've got part two of uh, Jenny and Allie, and we have a great conversation with our buddy, Practice Site. You also know him as Jeremy. But uh, thank you guys again for all your love and all your support. And uh, wouldn't know without further ado, here is episode. Here is part two of Jenny and Allie's conversation we started last week. Mm-hmm. So what do you think has been a character that has stayed your favorite over the years? Um, like recently or just like I mean like from like back overall. then that might still be going now and you're still a fan who has spanned your wrestling career or not career but like watching years <laughs> who has who yeah, has stayed consistent yeah I knew that I knew that was <laughs> gonna be the answer um I did like Shawn Michaels as a kid I completely forgot about that and like you know like obviously um the legends or whatever I loved them as a kid like Shawn Michaels Stone Cold The Rock but like Randy Orton has stayed a favorite even when I wasn't watching wrestling I loved Randy Orton um my mom loves Randy Orton we you know get our little girl chat about Randy Orton all the time (laughs) I say he's had a good career he's a good one to hold on to yeah how many live shows do you think you've attended? Um, four or five, I want to say. Three of them have been live events. One was Raw, one was AEW. And then you also, you do a lot of the indie yeah, shows in I your area too. Yeah. The, there's countless days I couldn't even count. <laughs> All right. Well, this was fun. Do you have anything you want to close with? Anything you want to say? Did I? Anything else you want to talk about? Um, I have a very proud moment from my very first show. Ooh, yes. My very first house show. Um, so I made signs for. Uh, the Good Brothers for Finn and for Biggie um, and the Good Brothers acknowledged my sign Luke um, Luke Gallows he followed me on Twitter beforehand he would like all my stuff about the show and then he saw like the poster on Twitter and I got like we were supposed to be like in like a back back row and we got moved to the second row and he saw it he pointed it out to Carl and they kind of did the two sweet sign at me and I was like freaking out I almost cried (laughs) it was like one of the best things ever like I love the good brothers um I still do um and then I saw Bailey and Bailey came over and she saw my sign she was like oh my god you're awesome I'm like whatever and then she gave me the Bailey buddy and I still have it never getting rid of it (laughs) love her to death I miss her so much I got to see Finn 
Oh, I miss her. I miss her so much. <laughs> but I got to see Finn, and I'm pretty sure he saw my sign. Oh, he did. He definitely did, because I freaked out about it. Um, That was, like, my my Finn days. He two-sweeted, obviously, in the air. I freaked out. Got plenty of pictures of him. <laughs> it was just a, it was a good experience for my first one. Um, I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect going into it, but, like, after I kind of saw Luke and Carl and Finn, I was, like, really excited about it and, like, didn't expect any of that whatsoever. Yeah, there's nothing like seeing wrestling live. It just, it's a different experience than watching it on TV. I miss going to live shows. Yeah. I just... It's, you know, whatever you feel about whatever company you're watching, whatever it is, there's nothing like watching wrestling live. Just the energy oh, from the crowd yeah, like... and the music and just the noise and yeah. it's so fun. It's I so think fun. it's crazy. Like I watched, I watched this one guy in the Indies. Like I'm kind of friends with him, I would say, because you know we're friends on Facebook. He would come and visit me at Burger King, whatever. And now he's wrestling dark matches on AEW, and it's like, that's crazy for me, like, that I got to watch him and, like, talk to him and whatever, and we share a freaking birthday, <laughs> and he's now wrestling for AEW, and I just, it, I think it's really cool. That is really cool. I, that's, I wish I could kind of get into the indie scene around here, but there's one place I might try to go watch some stuff because it's not too far from where I live it's an area I don't mind going to alone because usually it's all places that I don't really want to go to alone so I don't go to the shows but I've just recently discovered a place that they wrestle out of a ballroom where I used to work out as a caterer back in the day and I might go check them out sometime but because I'd like to kind of catch on to the local scene it's always a good experience whenever you go because like um, I've told you about this guy so many times, JDL. Um, like I started just watching him. I really liked him, and I have, you know, some somewhat of social anxiety, which is another reason why I'm kind of afraid to meet Bruce because of that anxiety that I get whenever I talk to new people or whatever. Um, but like he made it super easy, and like it's just really cool to watch, and like be able to interact with these people that like normally you probably wouldn't be able to and it's like the same thing with the sweets I think it's amazing what they're doing and I'm a little biased because I like them both but um, I just think it's really cool that they're giving fans a chance to interact and they're talking to them and like (laughs) freaking blows my mind that me and Breeze can have this like certain type of bond that not many other people can say that they have with him and literally nobody else can say that they have with him Right. and like it's it's very special to me and like I hold it close to me because um, they're some of my favorite wrestlers and I just think it's so cool that they're doing that and like I think it's awesome that Dilly could potentially like be there for me if I really needed it and like he has been before so like 
they both mean a great deal to me and they've both helped me through a lot of my struggles and literally I don't think that I could thank either of them enough for that and it's like it's so crazy to me that stuff like that could come from wrestling but like at the same time they're people too I'm sure they understand and I'm sure that like they're very grateful for the people that look up to them or um, support them and so like I just I think it's so cool that like they just care even if it's like a little bit like they care about the people who support them and like they go out of their way like Dilly literally go out of his way and he messaged me back and I was so like (laughs) it really raised my spirits and like I just I think it's amazing and I would have never expected it from four years ago little old 15 year old me (laughs) would have never expected to have that kind of thing with two of the wrestlers that I love the most right now right it's sorry I got a little sappy on you there no I mean it's that perfectly describes what the Switch channel has done and become is just it's been a become a good safe place I mean this podcast wouldn't exist without the sweets starting up because I would have never met Shame I would have never met Kat I would have never met you Paige so many people that have made this podcast possible it's just I I really think it's cool that like a couple of wrestlers can bring together a bunch of people and they can become friends and have long-lasting friendships and it's like it's crazy like I'm very thankful for everything that they've done and it's like it's just it's always mind-blowing to me sweets appreciation segment (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna cry on this segment okay (laughs) I mean I think it helps that we came in in the early days when there wasn't as many people around so it was easier to kind of I don't want to say get their attention but like be seen and get our stuff read and like make the connections and become memorable to where you know when I got the chance to meet Breeze a couple years ago in New York for Wrestlemania season you know going up and saying you know oh hey I'm Super JJ and him just going oh hey you know people were saying you were gonna be here because he had streamed earlier in the day and you know obviously I couldn't be there because I was doing Wrestlemania weekend stuff with Raven and he was just really cool about it it was kind of like the you know slight I I think it's go ahead go ahead (laughs) no I was just gonna say like I think it's crazy like that shoot message that I just got from him he was like you are a big part of the community and you are like always have been and probably always will be and like I think it's crazy to me that he just like he'll he'll just know like I don't know I I don't know how to explain it that well like how I feel about it because like it's it's very like I'm very grateful and like I think it's awesome that he thinks I'm a big part of the community like I try my best to be like a really nice person and whatever I understand sometimes I might be an asshole or like argue with somebody but I I do it out of like respect for myself that too um but like I always just mainly not my rudeness or anything it's directed towards Breeze and I don't ever mean it in a bad way and he knows that and we enjoy it and we have fun with it and it's like something really awesome but like 
I just know, <laughs> I think it's funny that the second that I meet him, the click of a flashlight could like let him know who I am or just the simple words like you're an idiot like those just knowing that those words or that action will let him know who I am like I don't think he knows exactly what I look like because obviously I don't really tag him in much of that stuff I usually do that with Dilly because I always I have so many of Dilly shirts and I always wear them always tag him and stuff and he sees it for the most part but like it's just crazy that he's gonna know who I am just by that and like he doesn't even have to know what I look like to know who I am oh he'll know he's gonna know right away I think it's great (laughs) I think it's great I just I'm very excited and like I'm very grateful for everything and I'm very grateful for you guys as always well we're very grateful for you y'all have made my life yeah y'all have made my life so much easier and a better place and a happier thing because I had a really shitty time as a child so like being able to have friends that are actually there for me and just a community to be my escape is something that's really special for me and like I really enjoy it well we are glad that it happened and that you've become a part of it and just everything's happened in general that we were able to sit here and do this interview now because of all of it I, like I said I've right. been wanting to and do like, this especially with like go ahead I love that we just we always talk every time I know. <laughs> um, we're just used to talking it's like yeah with like my injuries and stuff like I was really down in the dumps and like being able to watch the streams and stuff and be able to talk to you guys kind of made me not hate it as much and like I was okay with it and I was okay with not being able to you know get up and do what I used to be able to do like obviously I had shoulder surgery and surgery on both my knees so it's like really hard for me to do other things but at the same time like you guys are always motivating me I, I try my hardest and like you guys know that I want to be a wrestler and it's kind of hard with everything that's going on but the fact that you guys are like behind me with it and you guys want me to succeed and like are there for me if I need it or whatever or like there to motivate me like that really boosts my spirits and it's like I really love that about you guys and you guys just make me feel very special well you are very special to all of us so and you'll you'll make it you'll get there you know just gotta get over the hump figure out some stuff and you'll make it you're still young you got plenty of time yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll get there I promise I know it everybody knows it we wouldn't support you in the way that we are if we didn't think you would get there I like to think that I'm a very persistent person and that I would try and do what I can to do what I want. And, like, obviously right now I'm having issues with my back, so it's kind of hard for me to even do anything to get ready for training. But once I get this figured out, like, you better believe that I'm going to be busting my ass just to be able to train because it's what I want to do. And it's always been what I've wanted to do. 
Once you get over the hump, the pieces will fall into place. Just kind of like, you know, whenever I keep telling you that you're going to meet Dilly, it's going to be the moment that it's meant to be. You finally getting to go start training will happen in the moment that it's meant to happen. It just maybe it's not supposed to be happening right now. That's why it's not. But when it's supposed to happen, it will happen. That's what I believe. Yeah. I know I've told you this all before. <laughs> but, like, it makes me feel a whole lot better about it. And, like, that's why I'm really glad to have you guys and have everything that, like, we have. I just think it's awesome. It, it's certainly been good for me and... I think all of us have been helped at least once by somebody else from our group and we just right. the fact that we've clicked the way that we did just one night all of a sudden so quick and four years later here we are <laughs> still I mean there's been some falling outs and some issues but for the most part the core of the group has remained intact it may have kind of branched out right to where you know certain people only talk to certain people anymore but as a main whole Majority of us are still here, and I yeah, love the hell out of that. Obviously, like I just think it's great that no matter what happens, like if any of us fall out or like you know we don't come around as much, I just think it's great that like even if that happened, someone from the group could come back ask like be like I really need help like I don't know what to do like stuff's rough we would still be there for each other because that's who we are and that's how we are as a group and it's like our I think our whole group and our friendship is like a very special thing and like obviously I hold it very close to my heart and like you guys are like the one thing that kind of hold me up sometimes and like I know I probably have rougher times than a lot of other people, and I I have a shit ton of issues, but regardless, you guys are there for me, and I know that when I need it, you guys will be there for me, and if you guys need it, I know I'd be there for you guys, and we'll all be there for each other, and I just think it's a beautiful thing. Right, like, even if, you know, some person does kind of leave the group, there's always that one person that still remains in contact with them, that still keeps them tethered to the group, whether they want to be or not, they're still part of the group. Right. Like I said, the, at the core, we're all still a group, even if we have kind of branched out a little bit, there's always at least one person that still is in contact with the people that maybe aren't as consistently with us anymore. There's still... Right. a branch to them that keeps them tethered to the group which is an amazing right. thing I think no I, I completely agree I think it's great and I think that it all stemmed from video games and wrestling that I, I feel like some yeah. of us are going to be lifelong friends even if we never oh, of course. meet I, in person I think, like... we're going to be lifelong yeah. friends I definitely think like Girl Squad and like Shane and Tyler, like Pod Five Guy, Tyler. <laughs> Hi, and, Tyler. Like, all those <laughs> other people. I think I think we'll always, I think we'll always somehow keep in contact, be friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I feel like there's never gonna be a time that we're all like, oh, I'm sick of you. Like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Like, for the most part, a lot of the bad stuff has passed. Right. And we're all kind of in it for the long run and 
I think we'll be friends for a very long time, if not for the long, like for you know, like the rest of you know, our lives. Like, I think it's great. I I totally agree. and I'm very glad. I'm very grateful that you guys took me in at such a young age, especially because I am definitely the youngest person in the group. You were our little tater um, tot. <laughs> I, I'm the baby of the group, and as Bree said, as you guys watched me grow up under your noses, and I just, I'm very grateful that you guys took me in and helped me and have helped me grow as a person and have been there for my stupid teenage antics <laughs> and just have been there for me and I just I think it's great and I very much so appreciate all of you guys and I love y'all obviously oh no well you know we love you too <laughs> and I really appreciate you sitting down and doing this with us for the pod and we'll have to have you on again for sure find a way to get well, you on I have someone to do it. with <laughs> Yeah. I said from the very first day we started this pod, I have wanted to have this interview with you about Dilly just because I know how much he has meant to you and how much he has helped you. And now we have finally gotten to have that conversation and it was everything I wanted it to be. So thank you so much for coming on. Right. And I, I know I could blab so much more about Dilly because there's been a lot of stuff that me and him, I, I, <laughs> I can say that me and him have been through, or at least that he's helped me through. And it's like, I know there's a whole shit ton that I can blab about both of them, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the point has come across that people know how much he means to you and how much he's really helped you and guided you and kept you grounded and been there for you. I'm, I'm glad he knows that. Yeah, I'm glad he knows that. And I'm glad he knows that he's helped me be stronger and fight through my shit like I'm glad that he knows this oh he definitely knows it and he will always I think be there for you because you guys have that little connection Which I'm, all, I'm, I'm so grateful for I'm so grateful for like I can't even explain it I can't explain it yeah, it's, it's a good thing that you guys have my heart happy yeah I, everything I, everything surrounding this just makes my heart happy and it just it makes me feel good, and it really does help. And that makes my heart happy, too. Just for you, just to know that he has been there in the ways that he has been. Because he's a good dude. And, like, he really didn't even have to be. Yeah, like, he didn't even have to be, but, like, he was, and that's what's crazy to me. Like, he didn't have to be there for me. He didn't have to message me back. He didn't have to do this or that. But he did, and that's what's so special to me about it, is that he didn't have to take the time out of his day, but he did. And that's it means so much more to me because of that. Like, he's a busy man, but he took the time out of his day to help me out, or, you know, read an essay I wrote for school, and, like, him telling me that he's proud of me as a person, like that really meant the most to me at that time because I was really struggling and him telling me that really really helped and like, he I don't even think he knows the amounts that he's helped 
And if he does, like, I'm very grateful. And I literally just want him to know that, like, but I'm sure he knows already. <laughs> That's it. I, you'll get the chance to tell him one day. I know you will. When that lightning strikes, perfect moment where it's your chance to meet him, you'll get the chance to tell him. And I know you'll be able to tell him. And it'll mean a lot to him. Cry my eyes out. <laughs> it'll be good. I believe in you. But... So I said, like, again, thank you for coming on and doing this with me. It's been everything I wanted it to be, and we will get you on again, I promise. We'll find some way to get you on with me, Kat, and Shabe. I feel like the four of us need to do something together sometime. Just because the shenanigans oh, would, would be flying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would, I'm totally down for that. Like, whenever you guys want me to come back, I'll come back. <laughs> so we'll have to come up with a topic where we can have you on again because I just I want to do more guest spots with people and we've been trying to think of ways to do it and we will come up with ways and we will get you Paige Raven everybody on again with everybody instead of just solo interviews I want to do like big group podcasts sometime I think it'd be fun yeah I think that would be really fun that's so good once more thank you thank you thank you and we'll have you on again Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No, anytime. What a great conversation from we have with uh, Jenny and Allie. Allie is such a sweetheart. We love her to death. And uh, Jenny is one of the best interviewers. I think underratedly, she doesn't give her herself enough credit for as, to be as good an interviewer as well she is. Um, thank you, Allie, for that. Uh, thank you, Allie, for your your contribution to this podcast and your interview hope we get to do it again very very soon and uh you know jenny thank you very much for doing the interview i know y'all aren't here and it's just me and it's really awkward when i'm just doing this by myself but uh you guys know i appreciate you guys very much love you guys my interview with uh, jeremy Stirewall, practice side uh was going i was i told him i told him before we started i said i won't keep you very long uh, you know, 20 minutes tops. I won't keep you very long. Well, this thing goes on. This thing goes on for about an hour, but it is such a fantastic conversation. I didn't know it went on that long. Um, we got to talking about some of the things he likes to do, and then we got to talking about wrestling and and how and why WWE is not making stars anymore. And it is just it, it's just a fantastic conversation. And I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as what I did getting to listen to uh, getting to listen to Jeremy talk about wrestling it's fantastic so here we go Jeremy Sirewall what's up guys this is Wrangler and uh, this is another interview segment we've got for our uh, one year anniversary and it's a and this person he is uh, he is one of my best very best friends uh, means the world to me uh, everybody knows him as Practice Sight. I know him as Practice Sight and Jeremy Stirewalt. Jeremy, say hello to everyone. Hey, man. Hey, man. That's sort of like hello, except <laughs> it's more of a hey, man. <laughs> I, I'm told it means the same thing. It does. It means the same thing. Now, uh, those of you who don't know Jeremy, I think most of you do. Uh, Jeremy uh, brings a lot of energy to uh, the streams, and he's in playing Dead by Daylight with us. Or he's doing anything with us, whether it be uh, Goose Goose Duck among us or anything. He just brings a lot of energy and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, 
a lot of stuff I can play off of, which gives me good content, and, and oh, I appreciate I wanted, that. I wanted to join that one night you guys were playing Uno, but uh, Ba was just like proceeding with a master class of dominance. Oh, he, yeah, Ba is a son of a bitch, and I, that's, that's, another, that's another show. That's another story for another show. So tell me what you've been into, man. Tell me what you've been into. Well, uh, as people who people who talk to me know, I'm kind of uh, obsessed with a wrestling card game called Super Show, which I'll probably talk about a lot. Uh, you know, uh, this being a wrestling podcast, I've been a wrestling fan for a long time, and that's kind of my wrestling interaction these days. Uh, there's a, there's a major company who I like stopped giving money to because of certain business decisions, so I don't watch as much of that as I used to. And when I do, it tends to be live. I live in Georgia, so the local scene in Georgia is actually pretty good. There's a uh, there's a lot of good stuff around the Atlanta area. A lot of it uses the same guys, but that's a good thing because they're all good. So, uh, other than that, uh, you know, playing playing some video games. Dead by Daylight is still one of my favorites. Now I've got multiple online streamers I play with. Oh, oh, man, Shame, you didn't know I was cheating on you, did it? Oh, uh, I didn't God. know you were cheating on me, man. Oh, That's okay. Oh, That's okay. We're not in a monogamous okay. relationship, so you'll be, you'll be good. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of what, what has been going on. Been playing some uh, Avengers lately. Been playing some... Actually got back into 2K20, and that's a funny story. So, Super Show wrestling card game... One of the cool things about it is that people can kind of get into it as wrestling characters, like in the community. And so I'm in a stable. I'm in a uh, faction, you know, a group of people. It's like in wrestling, you've got factions. You've had the Four Horsemen, the NWO, a bunch of factions. So I'm in a faction. And one night we're we're sitting in a Zoom chat. We've got everybody in the faction is in the chat, which almost never happens. And we always like to be terrible to each other in chat because that's what friends do do amongst yep. each other. That's that's exactly uh, right. that's, what, that's what friends do to each other. We're terrible to each other. So so I put uh, I had I had one of them in my two K twenty. So I so I screen shared him getting beat up, and somebody said, "Oh man, we could settle we could solve all our disputes in a, in a elimination chamber match." And I'm like, challenge accepted. So it took me like a month and a half to make everybody in that game, and now like when we, when we start beef. It's like, all right, that's it. We're settling it. And I've just sim send the match in 2K20 and everybody goes, oh, gets into it. It's really funny. That's great. That's great. That's why, you know, that's what we should do. That's when me and Cadillac have beef. We should, uh, I should uh, uh, create each other in uh, 2K20 and and let her beat me up. Because quite frankly, I, uh, you know, that's probably what would happen in real life. But uh, yeah, man, that's pretty cool. Uh, so, Let's talk about SRG for a little bit. Now, uh, you know, you were pretty prominent in that scene. I might have won Worlds this year at Origins, yeah. um, which was which is like the, it's like the Cleveland Browns winning the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. But it, it is a thing that happened. So, yeah, so Super Show, it's SuperShowTheGame.com is the website. You can go check stuff out. I think our, our main really interaction with each other is they're heavy on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So if you look it up there, you'll find it. But it's a pretty fun card game. It's it's a cards and dice game. That's the cool thing about it. It's a lot of your collectible card games is a money spending contest. Like Magic the Gathering, really, if you want to compete at the big boys table, you have to have spent X amount of money. Right. Absolutely. Super so, super so people have won major tournaments with a starter deck because that's the, how the game is designed. It's designed so that you don't have to do that. 
it's designed so that you can play with your kids. Like uh, the 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 Deep South champion is 13 years old, and she could like wax people. She actually came down to Atlanta and defended her title uh, this past weekend when she didn't have to. Uh, so it's a really fun, and but there still is a lot of strategy involved. It's just that you know the dice could absolutely cannonball it at any time, and you have to be able to adapt to that. So there's a lot of real wrestlers in the game. Tyler Breeze is who got me into the game because he's in the game now twice with two different versions of himself. Uh, uh, Sean Spears is in the game. There's a whole lot of uh, wrestlers who are indie wrestlers or who were indie wrestlers at one time or who are kind of uh, retired or semi-retired legends. Like Rob Van Dam is in there. You can actually still buy him. Uh, Rhino is in it. And there's a bunch of people like coming out relatively soon. So there's also ways for people in the, in the community to get in the game. Like I have a character in the game, Practice Site. So that's that's pretty cool. But uh, I got into it because of the sweets, which is how so how I got into the sweets potatoes. That's very you know coincidental. It's like that the sweets like spun off so much good stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. Those two guys, uh, and, I, and I actually started off with three guys and just Corbs in there to start with before uh, all of the shenanigans with uh, Vinny Mac and Twitch and whatnot. But uh, you know, Reason Dilly, they've uh, they, they've uh, you know, they, I, I can't thank them enough. They have given me friends for life. Uh, you know, just people who I think very very highly of and. Uh, and you happen to be one of them, sir. That's where we've all we've all kind of we all met there. Most of us met there. Well, thank you. I I, I really love uh, love our little part of the community. Oh yeah, yeah. Our little part of the community mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah, you and Cat uh, and Jenny and pretty much everyone, Allie and Paige and uh, Raven and uh, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris is the only one we didn't. We didn't meet. Yeah, it's, the, like, uh, it's like I, I'm trying to remember. Was Chris actually in the, the sweets chat? I don't remember. No, but I met still, him. I met him in the middle of a game. <laughs> but he's still one of us. Yeah, he's so, yeah, he's still one of us. But I met him in the middle of a dead by daylight game. He actually messaged me. Uh, there was a uh, hunter set. Uh, it was a hunter set was kind of tunneling him, and it, it pissed him off. So he, he quit, and then he messaged me right right behind that. After I, he messaged me right behind that, and he said, uh, "Man, I'm sorry." He said, "I'm sorry, man. I, that, that huntress was playing shitty." I said, "Ain't no problem, man." And I mean, we started talking right after that, and and lo and behold, Chris is—he just seamlessly becomes one of us, and he fits right in. So, I always, I always love when older people like sort of dismiss and denounce video games as being counter to social interaction. Mm-hmm. You know what? Like, and at this point. Like age isn't even an excuse because video games are now uh, have now been around for what sixty years. Been a long so, time. Been a long time. But yeah, like building communities through this stuff, it's pretty. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It is. It, it's uh, and and this is a wrestling podcast, and we will get to some talking some old wrestling here in just a minute. But we're going. We're yeah. just, you know we're just I'm just you know we're just having a conversation right now. Yep. Uh, yep. But uh, yeah, it uh, it's. A lot of people, and, and, and there's some people that still don't get it today. It's like, why don't you get out and meet people? Well, I have met people. I've met about half a dozen of my best friends that I consider more than friends just from 
hanging out online and being in Twitch streams and things. So, yeah. And, and I, I've actually met, you know, I've actually met one and ha would have met two or three more if things would have worked out. It, 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 and it, it will work out in the future. And it will work out in the future because COVID is not going to be around forever. And it will work out. But, yeah, it's people, uh, people underestimate the, the, uh, the, how social video games have become, especially through like multiplayer games. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, the crossover as, as, as you say, wrestling podcast, the crossover between video games and wrestling becomes, uh, more and more like entwined as every day goes by. Uh, the sweets are just one, one example. They're the example that are most directly relevant to us. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody knows who Austin Creed is now. Yep. Whether you're a wrestling fan or not, as long as you're a video game fan, you know who he is. Yep. Uh, and it just goes on and on from there. I mean, all the people involved in Twitch and going forward. All right, you just take a look at the wrestlers who have Twitch channels or are on YouTube nowadays. I mean, I mean basically, everybody in AEW either has a Twitch channel or a YouTube channel. Because they're allowed to. Because they're allowed to, exactly. People would give you publicity. Isn't it amazing how that works? I'm telling you, it, it's like, crazy how it works. It's it's like sometimes things you, that you think are good business are really not good business. Sometimes maybe control is not what is in your best interest. Well, I think, uh, you know, we're going to touch on that just a little bit. Uh, I think uh, Vinnie Mac thought there was more money in Twitch than actually what there is because you can't take what what Paige and Selena Vega make and compare it to what Tyler Breeze was making at the time. Tyler Breeze had a, he, he, at the time he had maybe a 20th of the, of the community that Selena Vega and Paige had. I, I would say that would be a pretty safe assumption because Selena Vega's had, she was like a, she had 2,500 2500 to 3,000 people in her streams every, every night. And Paige did as well. But then you got the smaller guys like uh, like like Tyler Breeze, and then there was uh, um, I have, I can't think of his name right now. Um, dude with the mask, Lucha Brothers. <laughs> uh, not Lucha Brothers, but um, Callisto. Uh, no, not Callisto. Uh, da, da, da. It, it was part of the house party though. Well, it's either Callisto, Lindsay Dorado, Lindsay. or Lindsay Dorado. Yeah, Lindsay Dorado. I'm sorry, Lindsay. I'm sorry. I'm old and I can't remember shit. But uh, okay, Lindsay's from New Jersey. You don't have to apologize. To oh, me. okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm from New York, so I can say these things. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I grew up with New Jersey jokes. They're just never going to stop. They never end. Never end. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, I think you, when you comes to Twitch like that, you can't make a blanket blanket statement and say this is going to be part of this this is going to be we're going to take over your channels and this is going to be part of your back end part of your uh back end when you're not competing because not all channels are the same obviously and 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 all their content basically feels so fake anyway mm -hmm. it would it would drive away the the base that you have and they're business people who are making the decisions don't understand that or care. No, they don't care. That, I feel that's like the thing. We, we, we say Vinnie Mac. I highly, 
highly doubt that Vince McMahon himself was involved in any of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he had to sign off on it at, at, at the very end, but you're probably right. It was probably more of the peoples underneath him, like the Nick Cons of the world, that had yeah. much more to do with that than what Vinnie Mac did himself. Yeah, d- yeah, dollars and cents people, not content people. Right, right. Content people, if they were sane, would just... You know, th- you know, there are ways they can do it. It's like, uh, well, can we actually use your content on our content and you just still do what you do and get everything you get out of it? But then now we have stuff we, we can put on our network. Mm-hmm. Like, that would make more sense. And maybe even, you know, maybe even kick that, that person a little bit extra for providing you with that content. But that would, like, or that conflicts with the idea of, or we could just take it and get all the money. Well, then you could just kill the product. Got it. And that's exactly, and that's, that's what happened. They just, they just ended up killing it. Yeah. And, uh, I don't give that company money anymore. I just, mm. I just, don't. and understandable, understandable. People, people ask, I put all this work into, so I put all this work into 2k 20 last week. So, Oh, well, you're just gonna have to redo it when 22 comes out. I said, no, I don't not unless, unless I'm getting that, unless I'm getting that game for like five bucks or like free on PlayStation network. I'm never picking that up. Yeah, no how cool it is. yeah, I'm I'm probably not going to pick it up because just oh. this because of everything that's gone on. Uh, yeah, is it going to have? A, it's going to have a lot of the people that was released in it because that's when they signed off on it to make it. So there's going to be a lot of released talent in it, but they've already been paid for it. Yeah, they've already been paid for it. It, it don't they don't get paid per copy of what I you know they don't get paid per copy. They've already been paid their, for their likeness. So they've already been paid for it. I don't have to buy it. Nobody has to buy it. And I'm not saying you don't have to. I'm not saying if you, if you want to buy it, go for it. I'm not saying don't buy it. But I just, no, that's, that's just, that's just, that's just a me decision. I'm not sitting here, uh, going to judge anybody else for what they, for what no, they No, absolutely not. I, but me personally, I just think there's going to be better wrestling games on the market. Uh, I think that, uh, Retromania. Retromania Wrestling is uh, is a is a very good game for what it is. I need to pick that up. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun. You really do. Uh, we'll see, I'll, I'll, I'm excited to see what uh, AEW brings out to us next year. I'm excited to see that. I, I meant to start watching AEW. I saw the uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Brian Danielson match. Oh, dude, that was so, so good. good. I'm like, okay, they got me. Because when I first watched AEW, at that time, they had a few people I really liked. Sean Spears would be an example, Jericho. Mm-hmm. But they also had a lot of people whose style I really don't like. And I I have trouble watching Young Bucks matches. I'm, I'm you know, it's personal. Same. That's just my case. Same, same. Uh, and and, and the, the, the worst thing being is I know some of these people can work the style I like. So I saw Darby Allen live in Monroe, Georgia, Two two years ago, something like that. He was wrestling Fred Yehi, and in match one of that card, the ring broke. One of the one of the two by fours on the ring kind of like tilted up so that there was a corner sticking up out of the mat, which would you know uh, put a permanent end to someone's uh, wrestling career if you fall on that the same way. Right. So they finished after the first match, but everybody was going to be more careful after that. So you didn't see a whole lot of Darby Allen flying flying around in his match. He didn't he didn't go uh, uh, with the style that you normally see him go. 
he actually wrestled, and he is actually capable of wrestling. It was a really good match. I'm on. So, yeah, go, uh, I'm gonna say something about Darby Allen. Uh, whenever I first seen Darby Allen, I'm just like, this guy is too small. I mean, he he he's small. He's just too small. But as well, time has went along, as time has went along, he has really grown on me as a competitor because he just throws his body all over the place. He makes yeah. up for he makes up for being small by going at somebody a hundred miles an hour and just crashing into them with reckless abandon. And that to me is tough. It's a matter of whether or not you can make it look good. Like we all, we all know what we're watching, but you still, it still has to, I can look at it and believe in it. I have to be able to do that. Uh, and it's been a long time since, uh, you know, just lackadaisical, influence have just leaked in like the people's elbow I, everybody loved the people's elbow i hated it it was garbage i'm like i'm like okay we're just acknowledging that this is bullshit now yeah the worm was the worst mm-hmm. i wasn't a big taz fan but they had a taz scotty Tuhati match where he essentially no sold the worm and just like the like worm no nah, how about taz mission and i'm like that's the greatest thing i've ever seen thank you somebody needed to do that yes yeah, uh, yeah. There's been some. There's been some hokey finishes like that. Hokey, and they've all happened in WWE too. Yeah, That's you can't the, even. You, it, it makes Hogan's leg drop look good because at least he would just basically jump on you and put three hundred pounds in your throat. Like that's you know if you if you it doesn't look spectacular, but if you think about it, no, that should be able to put somebody down for three seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh but. Oh my goodness! When you start like saying, "Okay, everybody knows it's a show. Let's do this," I, I just don't like it. And I, it's again, it's personal preference. Some people will say, "What well, this is what we love," and so on. And that's it's okay for people to love that. I'm not gatekeeping. Uh, yeah, absolutely but not. It's not. It's just not for me. I want to be able to believe what I see. So when you got smaller wrestlers, really, everybody's a smaller wrestler now. What happened was these larger-than-life personas, Hogan, Warrior, Savage, so on, that made the wrestling boom happen in the 80s, attracted people all over the world. Now, before that, wrestling was really... I mean, wrestling was mainstream in the 50s and 60s and so on, but it was also protected. Uh, The 80s was not the first time that wrestling was a big mainstream deal. Uh, but it hadn't been in the in the years leading up to it. So, in order to become a wrestler before then, you really had to go through a ringer. You, uh, they would uh, they were very defensive about who got in. You, it almost had to be like your only life option for you to become a professional wrestler. You really had to have nothing else because you needed to commit and just sell out full time to do it. That's why you hear all these stories about Hogan got his leg broken twice uh, mm-hmm. just to get in. Yeah, he did. They, and that's, that's, that's a shoot, brother. He did. They, they broke his leg to see if he would come back, and that's how it used to be. And you had to be, be able to be believable or you just wouldn't last because they were trying to fool everybody into thinking that this was a genuine combat sport. That's not a healthy lifestyle, and I'm glad that's gone. Believe me. I'm not uh, Jim Cornette crying that people aren't acting like heels in their real life and ruining their life for the sake of a wrestling show. But as far as what's in the ring, these people inspired so many people to become a 
want to become a wrestler. So the floodgates eventually open, and all these normal-sized, regular people who don't look like anything special wanted to become wrestlers, and so many of them had the determination to just bowl through and do it. And we've heard story after story. Brian Danielson's a tremendous example. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not going to say that killed wrestling because a lot of these guys are amazing. Like, I love them. Uh, because... You can do, you can be that size and look, Rey Mysterio broke down a lot of barriers, but Rey Mysterio is almost superhuman. Yeah. Everybody that since Rey Mysterio that has tried to do what Rey Mysterio does, I don't want to say everybody, but 99%, it just doesn't look, you know, it, it looks like they're being assisted by the other person, but Rey Mysterio looked like he was legitimately superhuman. He legitimately doing it himself, including his son, Dominic. I, was, I might add, Dominic is, Dominic has, he needs some work, that kid is green as grass. They they were all green as grass at some point. That's true. That kid needs work. I don't know if he should even be on TV. Almost every professional wrestler when they start are, is just full trash. Here's a great example. Uh, you know, Steve McMichael was a you know great football player. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's not in the Hall of Fame, he, at he least should he was, be. He should be. I don't know if he should be, but he was close. Like he he was a. He was he was a force and a great athlete, and he came into wrestling. But he was he was of such an age where if he was going to come into wrestling, he, his wrestling career was going to happen right then because he wasn't old. He was he was so old at that point that his wrestling career was just going to be short. And people are like, oh, he's terrible. I'm and no, no, he's a normal. This is normal for a person with this level of experience. Like yeah. this is why you should be wrestling for X number of years before you go on TV because everybody is terrible when you first start, unless you're already Olympic gold medalist or something. Kurt Angle is an exception to the rule because Kurt Angle was already an Olympic gold medalist. And if you look at his early matches, that's all he was doing. He was doing the stuff he already knew because why not? Because why not? It all looked good. Yeah. It's like he's an Olympic gold medalist or something, you know, it's so, so yeah, Dominic really doesn't deserve any any like kickback. WWE deserves the kickback for thinking that they can just mass produce wrestlers and just put them out immediately and that will be fine and everybody will accept this. Why don't you just let this kid get his experience? Now, I think a factor is that Ray wants to wrestle him and Ray wants wants probably wants him to retire him. That's that that's that's my that's my that's my thinking behind it too. That's my thinking about it too. Is it, that Ray actually wants to pass the mask down to Dominic? Yeah, yeah, and it's you know I I wouldn't blame, uh, but Dominic is going to get better. Look at the Miz. The Miz the Miz came in and he was horrible. Oh my god, he was super bad, and now he's really good. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. somehow. Somehow he did all of this on television in WWE. So I don't know how he kept his job long enough to get good, but he got good, so it can be done. It just seems like nowadays it's uh, there. The patience level is not there for somebody if they're not getting over. It's uh, it seems like to it. It, 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 just, it, it seems like to me that uh, work rate isn't as important as what your character is. If you, is your character getting over? Who cares? If you can go out there and wrestle a five-star match. Is your character getting over? And that's why I feel that's where I feel like WWE's kind of leaning back towards again. Well, that's the the, the purpose of professional wrestling is to make money. Uh, pe- people, it's a business. So WWE, if WWE is making money, 
and they are. You can't really say that WWE is a failure. You can say they're not for me. Uh, but historically speaking, if you could draw money, they would put you in the ring. It didn't matter how good you were. It, because if you could draw money, then you were doing your job. That's why celebrity matches are, are still a thing. Yeah. Even uh, 90% of them are trash. People, why do you do this? Well, because it, because it brings in money. Wrestlers who understand that get put in with these celebrities. If, if a wrestler doesn't understand that, they should not be chosen for these things. But if you look at all the good ones, Bam Bam Bigelow understood. Cody uh, Rhodes understood. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's you go out there, you do this for the business. And people who are like, this person has not paid their dues and they should not be, that's, I, that sort of person really shouldn't be in that position. You're kind of missing the point. The main of the, the the job of the people who draw the money is to make money for everybody on the card. So that the people who come out in match one who are really entertaining but who don't move the needle, they they are they are a, a and very you know important part of the show because you want your whole show to be entertaining so the people come back. Uh, and they they have their salary paid for by the main eventers, who whose names brought all these people to be here. So the Ultimate Warrior was never very good. No, he was terrible. Terrible. He, he was terrible, but he drew money, so he wasn't terrible. I don't want to go back and watch any more of his promos or matches, but uh, until he started no showing and flaking out, he did what he was supposed to do. So people that bust right now, you're in a position where WWE wants the brand to be more important than the star, and it's the biggest the biggest failure in wrestling logic that they've done. They can't build, they can't make stars. They can't build stars because of this mindset and philosophy. That's why they rode Roman Reigns for so many years before he was actually doing anything. And it's still questionable because we're still technically in the pandemic era. Mm-hmm. It's still whether or not he's actually moving a needle but for years and years when they were pushing him as, as the big good guy and, and people just weren't buying it you know in the old days you move on yeah but they didn't move on because they didn't care yeah WWE is really stubborn when it comes to that because they don't care they, they they didn't used to be no <laughs> no no this is that that's a relatively new development mm, yeah so since they're making their money anyway it becomes okay. We're we want to push the brand, and as long as the brand is here, we can do whatever we want up top. And it's just if you look at the you know the numbers being really low as far as ratings and so on. Again, they're making more money than ever, so to an extent, it doesn't matter. But to an extent, it does because at some point, the t- the, the TV gravy train might stop, and then what are you left with? Oh, exactly. What are you left with? Because they're already down. They've already. Uh, you from, need to Yeah, from, I mean, from like 2019 to tw- the end of 2021, they've lost almost what, almost half their viewership. And I'm guessing it, it, it may be because of people that's been released. Maybe because of AEW. Maybe because of exactly what you said. The brand comes before superstars. There's no one reason. There's a bunch of reasons. There's a bunch of reasons. Yeah, there's a bunch of reasons. Without a superstar, recovery will be difficult because if every single wrestling boom has been triggered by a by a or multiple superstars, 
uh, Hogan in 85. There were multiple people that helped Hogan get there. Don't get me wrong. Roddy Piper was very important to that. But at the end of the day, you had to have a Hogan to put that heat on. Yeah. Uh, Steve Austin, you had to have Steve Austin to put that heat on. Mm-hmm. Now, and and even when you go back into the, the, the long past, there were stars that you put the heat on. And th- th- these days, people don't even know their names. Yeah. Who is it? Uh, Jim Londos? I mean, there, there's so many people that were stars in their day that you don't know about now because the historical narrative doesn't mention them because who, who writes the history? The victors. The victors write the history, exactly. And their history basically is designed to make it look like they're great now and nothing could ever touch them because that's what's good for business for them. It falls on everybody else to keep the keep the record straight. So wrestling history shows us that you need the big star in order to kickstart everything, and then everybody else contributes from there. Like when when someone says, "Oh man, Mister Perfect was amazing," they should have given him a run with the world title. No, they shouldn't. <laughs> no, half the people that have had a run with the world title these days who are great. Should not have had a run with the world title. Oh, I agree. I agree 100%. They should, have built, they should have built a star and put the world title on that star, but the, but they really haven't. They might finally I, they might finally be getting some progress with Reigns, but how many years did you throw out the window to do that? It's not. It's the least organic thing I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And, and, and wrestling. Hogan, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Hogan was in WWE for four weeks. When it took off, four weeks, and then WrestleMania. At that point, he'd been there for uh, a year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. But they put the title on him immediately, and everything picked up immediately. Steve Austin, he was there for a while, but then when he got hot, boom! They didn't plan it; it just happened. It just happened. And every time someone has gotten hot and it just happened, they're like, "Well, this wasn't in our plans, so let's uh, let's just." maybe get a little bit of money out of it hello rusev day uh and then let it let it die that, that that's that's a great example rusev should have been like immediately top card as soon as he got over the first time yes i agree i agree that that's a the biggest one of the biggest missed opportunities in the last five years yeah. in WWE. they should have never cooled down braun Strowman. nope whether you like him or not, he got super over, and it looked like they were going to ride that horse and switch from Reigns to him, and they never did. They never did. Because when Braun was supposed to be putting over Reigns, the crowd was like, no, how about we cheer for Braun? And just so many And how many times can you do that before you're out of ammunition? But like you said before, it, it's about brand for them. It's not about... It's not about the individual stars. Right. It's about brand. Right. So eventually, they're making more money than ever, which is really why I'm not giving them my business. If they had made these cuts because they had to, okay, that you're doing what you got to do. If they're making these cuts for, well, the, the real reason, I would suspect that the real reason is that they were advised to by people who are in, who are helping them set up for a sale. Yes. So... With that in mind, you still don't like the the first couple groups of cuts in the in the pandemic. 
it it shouldn't matter. There's, there's no reason. There's no reason that's worth it. No. That was that was when I made the decision. Yeah, and yeah, as, was, that was when uh, that was back during the uh, first the first set of cuts when uh, yeah. when uh, Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins and all those guys were let go. Yes, there 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 was no reason for that. No, they're not. And 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 I, I agree with I agree with you. I've said the same thing in the past. I, I think WWE is getting they're setting up for itself in the next five years. Yeah, that's, that's the only reason. Some some of the releases were not due to that. Like if someone gets released by themselves, uh, odds are that's not doesn't have anything to do with corporate strategy. This is all corporate strategy stuff. Mm-hmm. It is. It's all corporate strategy stuff. But uh, by that same token, they must not need my money, so I will give it elsewhere. So I've been watching. So I've been watching independent wrestling mm-hmm. primarily. I'm lucky to live in Georgia, where there's a very strong independent scene. Uh, a lot of the local promotions use the same guys, but that's a good thing because they're good. Like my favorite local guy is David Ali. Okay, uh, I know he, him. He, yeah, he he does this whole "your savior" gimmick. It, mm-hmm. It's a pretty similar to what Chris Jericho did for years, but in wrestling, he, every everything old is new again, and he's 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 good. Uh, there's just uh, I've been to uh, Southern Honor Wrestling. I want to get back up there. So New South Wrestling in Alabama, I just saw for the first time, ironically in Philadelphia. I went up to PAX Unplugged for Super Show. And uh, SRG, SRG Universe, the company that produces Super Show, co- co-produced a wrestling show because they produced a New South box set with six New South wrestlers as character cards. And they brought New South up to PAX Unplugged for a show. And it was really entertaining, really good. Uh, notably... There was an intergender tag team match, and I normally don't like intergender wrestling just because it doesn't it it looks artificial. Yes, I agree. It doesn't look like this is an actual competition. It, this match looked like a legit like any wrestling match. It was really good. So everybody everybody in that did a great job. Um, so New South is based in Alabama. So if you're in the, if you're in or around the Alabama area, definitely check them out. But I went up there, you know, that that's indie wrestling. That's the kind of wrestling I like. I saw uh, Boomer Hatfield was on that show of Chikara fame, Avery Good, formerly Dasher Hatfield, and they continued uh, an angle. And those, those those two were amazing. That's the style of wrestling I love is, is uh, Boomer's uh, very clever technical wrestling. I love that stuff. It's, it's very smart. You don't see a lot of it in mainstream WWE because it requires, like, understanding of strategy and thinking this it used to be very common in pro wrestling but as as wwe attempts to to spread the net as wide as they can to bring in as many people as they can all the stuff that is very niche kind of gets washed out as far as wrestling style so that everybody has to wrestle the same style yeah that's been years it's been a Mm -hmm. long long time since they uh, started doing that so that's not a new development but uh, but yeah, so support your local indie, no matter you know what size it is. There's a, there's an again. I, I mentioned earlier on that I saw Darby Allen versus Fred Yehi live. It was at a really tiny, small Georgia town that still runs shows. And you would think in a small town that size, a promotion that only runs there, it must be like you know total backwater stuff. No, it's really good. Uh, Southern Fried Championship Wrestling, if you're ever in Monroe, Georgia. So, so I haven't been I haven't been there since the pan, since the pandemic, and I really need to go back. 
So uh, through your travels uh, watching independent wrestling, who is a, who is someone you've seen that really has that it factor and is going to be somebody we need to look out for five five or ten years down the road? I, I think I mentioned David Ali. That's yeah. Uh, David Ali is good. I've seen David Ali a few times. Uh, that that's 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 the one that jumps to mind right now. I think this is a question I would have needed to be more prepared to answer. Uh, yeah, it's gun to head, man. Gun to head. Gun to head. Well, gun that's answer. I've just that I've given I've I've given you uh, that 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 is my answer. Okay. Yeah, I've seen David Ali. He is uh, he he's been on AEW TV a few times. He he's looked really good on AEW TV too. So uh, I could see that he is uh, he's definitely got the look to him. He's definitely yep. he, he moves around the ring really well. He uh, I think it you might be onto something right there. Uh because he he, he does look the part. Well, the most important bit is the ability cuz he's not big. So as 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 stated earlier, wrestlers are much smaller than they used to be. I almost didn't even complete this thought. The big wrestlers inspired so many people that now wrestlers are just smaller and Rey Mysterio proved that you could be a small wrestler and and get it done. So you have so many tiny wrestlers these days. I met Tommaso Ciampa in person, and I'm like, how? The can't, they, they make him look so much bigger than he is in real life. He's tiny, uh, but he's so built. He, he keeps himself in phenomenal shape. Here's the trick. When you have this personality, and you can expand your personality and like sort of like project yourself across an arena, you can project your presence across an arena. That's the key. That's what Adam Cole does so well. Adam Cole, very Adam small. Soul. He's so yeah. good at that. Adam Cole holds up two fingers. How many people go in on it? Everybody. 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 So when you can project your personality across an arena, you can overcome your size discrepancy. Uh, Brian Danielson's a great example. He is. He doesn't even, like, he, he, he focuses on the in-ring stuff. He's just got this natural gift for being able to project himself. And you can't really develop that in someone that doesn't already have it. It was just there. Yeah, you can't teach that. That that is something that that is naturally there. You can't teach that kind of charisma, even unspoken charisma like uh, Danielson has, because a yeah. lot of his is unspoken charisma. Now his 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 promo game has his w his promo game has really come a long way since from his time in WWE. He cuts a really good promo now, where he might not used to cut a really good promo, but he does really good now uh but he has that unspoken charisma that you just feel with every move he puts on because you feel like every move he puts on especially the submission move can beat his opponent yeah that's again if you're going to be small you need to be really good so uh when you can project yourself and when your in-ring skill is is on that level well not too many people are on that level but when you're on like a level of someone like an Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, who I think is actually better than like almost everyone. Speaking of, you, did, did you see my tweet a little bit earlier? I am aware that things have happened in that things arena. Things have happened. Yes, things have happened. Yeah. Concerning Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. I am, yes. So, uh, since I don't know when this when this will drop or who has seen what at the time, I won't yeah. go into. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, when you have that in-ring skill and you can project yourself, it really doesn't matter anymore. Here's the problem. I don't know if I want to say a problem. Here's what is going to prevent any of those people from being 
the big star that a company like that needs is that when Joe Q public who doesn't follow professional wrestling or watches when they're finding and experiencing a personality that's going to drive them to watch a show, it really has to be, it really has to stand out in every way. And that's where you need to have someone on top or near top that is physically uh, well above the average in you know, physique, size, whatever, what have you, you need one. Yeah. They don't necessarily have to be your world champion all the time, but you do need the, the, the big star, like physically big star with that look. Uh, WWE is basically throwing everything out the window to just have only people on their card, on their roster that are like that, which makes no sense at all. No. But you need your larger than life star. So, I think, like for example, AEW. That's not that's not going to be uh, Brian Danielson. That's not Hard Truth going to be Adam Cole or Kyle O'Reilly or any of those guys. Uh, it was. It's not going to be Kenny Omega. It, it's it's Miro maybe. Jericho. Miro, I think Jericho. Jericho's their first it, champion. Jericho's probably look, the closest guy they can get to. Them. Oh no, Jericho. Jericho's that. But how long do they have Jericho? Right. Like he's already. He's already gotten more offense against Father Time than anybody should have. No kidding. You can't. You cannot trust that he will continue to do this for enough years for that to really be a thing. You need your larger than life star now. Is that Adam Page? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's Adam Page. It might be. I think Miro of all the people. If I look at their roster and I and, and if I have to pick somebody that you really want to angle and put there, that's that's the guy I'm going with. But oh, imagine the kind of champion he would be for them. Imagine okay. what kind of world champion he would be. Because you could do anything with him. Yeah. He could be, I mean, you want a, you, you want a baby face? There you go. You want a heel? There you go. He he's what he could be whatever you want, and everything he does is great. He's safe to work with. He doesn't do anything fancy because he doesn't need to. No. When you're a big star, you don't need to do all the fancy stuff. So you can work with anybody. You want need somebody for a celebrity match? Mira would be super safe. Need somebody to work with like the aging star who's going to come in and give you your big, pop your big rating, but but have your guy beat them up and go over in the end? Mm-hmm. Miro. Miro. Right? You can't you can't do this with people whose moves require like um significant physical investment from the other person. To get over and look good it you need somebody like that and they probably have several candidates honestly uh but miro is the one i would go with miro miro yeah. right now for sure miro right now for sure i'm looking at uh i'm looking at a guy like uh powerhouse hobbs maybe in the future you get him to talk a little bit more um the guy with the belt might be that guy i don't know yeah we don't know but, yet yeah, we don't know yet. We don't know how Adam Page is going to be with that championship. And I, I just, I just honestly, from from what I've seen tonight, I don't think he's going to hold on to it very long. Just to be completely honest about it, I think he's a transitional guy. I think uh, going into the TBS area, it's going to change hands. Maybe. I think Maybe. it is. Like yeah. someone like MJF, he's he's destined to be a heel, so he's going to be a Roddy Piper that helps your Hogan take off. Yes. Uh, he is super useful in that role, so they need to really keep him, keep him like protected the, the way Piper was protected. Piper protected himself; he wasn't protected; he protected himself. Uh, you know how many people like 
actually beat Roddy Piper in WWE. <laughs> you can count him on one hand, I believe. You can count him on one hand. Yeah. Um, Rapture was the first clean pinfall loss for him in WWE that I remember. Uh, Hogan never beat him. Nope. He re- he refused. He refused. They were going to do it, and and Piper said, "Nope, not doing it." Uh, and you if uh, so, somebody like MJF is if he's going to be your Piper to get your Hogan over, which is perfect. Uh, they need to not. They need to not beat him. And they do a good job of protecting him. They don't beat him hardly at all. They don't beat MJF hardly at all. It's normally somebody else. If he's in a tag team match, it's somebody else getting beat. Right, and he can and he can lose a few. Like Piper lost the feud to Snuka. He never got pinned. Like he will. He'll he'd either walk off or he'd get disqualified or something. You can do that all day. And you probably should do that all day. And they probably should do that more in AEW. You know, AEW has never had a DQ finish. Oh, my God. That needs to end. And that needs to end. I, I totally agree with that because there's been so many spots although, I can see they could use a DQ finish right here. Although, actually, it could end up being really good because when that first DQ finish happens, if it's like, uh, you know, the the baby, the baby face is going to get the, the big revenge on MJF and he gets himself DQ'd and leaves, yeah. how much... Is that going to be? Oh, that's going to be so much heat. Yeah, and it's got to be yeah, MJF. No, no, that's, be not that's not necessarily bad. I'm, I'm, I'm always willing to give the benefit of the doubt if they're doing something, and I'm not sure about it. But let's see how it finishes out first. Yeah, it, uh, you can. They just they have they have a lot of the pieces. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I can talk about them more confidently now than I than I used to be able to because they have more people that work the style I like. They still have they still have a lot of matches that I would go. Oh, not really. Not for me, but there's still, but there's a lot of good stuff too. So I really have not start picked it up yet to watch it regularly, just because time. Yeah. Also, because because uh, wrestling cards and dice eat up so much of my of my free time. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> well, they're they're telling they're they're really good in, uh, as far as like storytelling in AEW. They do a fantastic job telling stories there, and that's the one thing that AEW has always done very well. They have to, because they have the freedom to tell those stories because they're not corporate owned. And also don't, don't script your promos and then maybe somebody will get over. Yeah. Don't script. Your, don't ever script your promos. If you could say, Jeremy, you can make one change to how WWE does things and they cannot contramand it. And you want to do it for the good of their, of their product and their business. What would you do? I would say uh, talent cuts their own promos. No more, no more scripting. No you more scripting. Bullet points. But they, but they have to go out and sink or swim on their own. And you say, well, there's a lot of people that wouldn't make it. Yep. Exactly. Get That's the point. Yep. Absolutely. Find out what you got because you're never going to get a big star that's reading your lines. Yeah. The, yeah. How, uh, did, uh, Austin, how did you take Austin, it over again? Yeah. Austin 316 was not born from a script. Uh, from a script. Uh, somebody remind me how New Day got over. Exactly. Somebody remind me how Kevin Owens got over. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if he's still cutting his own promos, though. I think he is. I think he's still cutting it. They, they trust KO. They trust him not to go out there and mess well, up. And he, they, he, they must, he's rather trustworthy. They backed, they backed up the Brinks trucks to his house where they didn't back up the Brinks trucks to a lot of other houses. Oh, they backed up the Brinks trucks to his house and Sammy's, too. Yeah, so well, it, and people were like, well, they might just cut him in X amount of time. I'm like, do you realize how good that is for him? Oh, oh. Yeah. Making a bunch of money right now, and then if they cut me, it's going to be such a big news thing. Because right now, so here's here's one thing that AEW did very wrong, and uh, I feel this again. This is all opinion. Remember the night when like everybody debuted at once? Yep. 
CM Punk and Brian Danielson and, and Adam, Adam Cole. Cole. And, yep. And they shot their wad. And does anybody remember Adam Cole's debut right now? Nope. Oh my God. They blew their load. Like they, like you had enough ammo to be firing off stuff for months and you blew it in one night. And now Adam Cole is just like there. Yeah. Adam Cole. And nobody, Adam Cole and nobody's right talking about it. Like that, that was really the biggest of the three. Cause everybody knew that the other two were coming mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah, everybody but, knew the other two was coming there, and then you blow your wad with uh, with Adam Cole and and, and you debut Bri- uh, Daniel Bryce, Bri- uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson right in behind him. And, yeah, it it ruined it kind of ruined the whole Adam Cole thing. Yeah, it undercut it, it undercut Adam Cole just a little bit. It undercut it also undercut Andrade. Yeah, it undercut Malachi Black. It undercut a lot of people. Yeah, uh, because like. So here's a true story. The main event of WrestleMania eight was going to be Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. Do you remember that? Yep. I remember that. That was the dream match. That was that there is no match in wrestling today that even approaches the level of dream match that that was at the time. So do you know when I knew that Ric Flair was coming to WWE about five months before he actually did. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, five months before the surprise, and I didn't believe it. So one of my friends was friends with one of the WWE Photog guys who was doing all the stuff, and he came and says, yo, you're not going to believe this. Next WrestleMania is going to be Hogan Flair. They, they got it. It's done. And I'm like, no. But then it's like, oh, and then like when when Heenan came out and popped the NWA belt on, on WWE TV, oh, I was like, oh, big. man. Uh, I, I, I got the scoop, and I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. So that's because WWE didn't blow their wad on that. However, after a little while, they did, and they had Hogan versus Flair in every house show all over the country so that the WrestleMania match didn't happen. Right. Because they'd already done it everywhere. And people had already, and everybody that got to see live shows had already seen it. So at they sat on this and they sat on this to the right time and then they rushed it instead of holding it and holding it and holding it. And then you would have had this amazing WrestleMania. Instead, we got we got Hogan and Sid and Sid kicking out of the leg drop because uh, Papa Shango fell asleep. Right. And the fact that Papa Shango was involved in the first place. Like, yeah, he, what? <laughs> that's nothing toward Papa Shango. That, that's nothing. <laughs> that's he was nothing. the complete mid part at the time. Like, yeah. like. Like, there was no reason to believe that he was anything near a main event angle at the time. Like, historically, you look back and say, oh, he must have been big to beat it. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No, he, he wasn't. He, he didn't really ever. I mean, yes, he had a nice career, but he never really got out of that mid-card intercontinental right. area where he was always kind of stuck at. He's always very useful. Like yes. So... So this is another thing that I think a lot of people overlook. Why is Coco beware in the WWE Hall of Fame? Because he was useful. Oh yeah. For what he that's an his job is an important job. Uh so he was the name guy that would go out, beat jobbers, look like a million bucks. His brain buster looked like actual literal murder. That's it, why it, you never saw him do it to anybody with a name. It's still the nastiest brain buster I've ever seen. It is the nastiest brain buster. Like that this dude and this dude was legit. So there, there's, like, YouTube out there of, like, somebody, him having a job squash. It was in the NWA uh, against somebody that apparently had said some sh- stuff to him 
backstage and basically they gave Coco carte blanche to beat this dude's ass. What is your what is your rating on this uh, uh podcast? You can say ass, yes sir. Okay. They he, they gave him carte blanche to beat this dude's ass and he beat this dude's ass. Like you can find this on YouTube. He bas- he basically uh someone ran their mouth and 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 uh they found out Coco he he was legit. He looked good and he would put people over like a million bucks. Uh that is an invaluable part of your operation. Well, he, so, yeah. so so he goes in the Hall of Fame. It's like he was a jobber. He lost all the time. He made he made the people that you wind up seeing the Hall of Fame so that you could see him in the Hall of Fame. He's a gatekeeper. He was a gatekeeper. Right. A gatekeeper. I'm, I'm Steve Lombardi needs to be in there. Mm, Steve, absolutely. Steve Lombardi Barry deserves Horowitz. to be there. Barry Horowitz is another guy, yeah. Uh, and Barry Horowitz. Here's fun fact: Before he came to WWE, he was in Florida and he was fighting Dusty Rhodes. He was he was he was in angles like he was uh, he was a guy. He was used. Oh, Barry Horowitz is a hell of a worker too. Yeah, he could do anything on your card. Yeah, Coco, like like you could put these dudes anywhere on your card. They'll they'll handle your business for you. You could have put Coco in that upper mid card. You could have put him anywhere. You could put Barry Horowitz in the upper mid card. You could put him anywhere. But they had these skills to be used at that position, and uh, so. If you're doing your job, and, and we got to this from talking about uh, Charles Wright, uh, Papa Shango. Mm-hmm. Yep. Godfather. When you put him in, 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 in his correct slot, he was so useful for you. Yes. He deserves to be all So, it's just the main event of WrestleMania wasn't it. WWE blew their load, and they ended up just having to, to wing everything. AEW blew their load. And what else do they have coming in, in the up in the pipeline? That that can be that can be a bit a big thing for them later. No, they've really got all the pieces they need. Yeah. The only name the only name that's out there that I could think would be mind blowing was Johnny Gargano. Yeah, uh, yeah. They if they land Gargano, oh, I, if they land Gargano, then it, and then they're. I, I feel like I, they're playing ball at that point. Yeah, I, well, they're already playing ball. Well, I yeah. still feel, I still feel like Gargano's going to go back, and and this is this is quasi paternity leave for him. Yeah, but I I, I feel like. But he, he can do what he can do what he wants in the meantime. I'm ho- I'm hoping SRG signs him for another card because there's a Johnny Gargano Super Show card, but it's really hard to get because when they, they signed him before WWE, so when he goes to WWE, they can't produce this card anymore. Right. Really, when they sign an indie guy, they they they're allowed to produce X number of cards, and then when that run comes out, they can negotiate with the person for more. Obviously, when he signs with WWE, they're not going to let him negotiate. Only Tyler Breeze is a good enough businessman to sign with SRG while in WWE. This that literally happened. It's the only example I can think of of a WWE wrestler being able to negotiate an outside deal with an outside company like that. Um, I'm maybe Austin Creed's done stuff like that, but I, he's he's on a Super Show card, but I don't know how like that, like that might have been super under the board. Uh but WWE gave him permission to do it. That that's how that's how much respect they had for him and or how much of a businessman he was. And then, then like when he got released, like he immediately had an, uh, him and da- him and Dango immediately had full sets coming out because Breeze is super organized. Yes, he like, is. Okay, okay, need uh, need money. I'm going to push the button on this thing I've already set up. Yes, he is. He is very, very super organized. People don't give him enough credit for how how organized he actually is. That's why he. That's why he kills Creed at uh, SmackDown versus Raw, like a GM mode, mm-hmm. like um. 
it's 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 a it's a test of organization. It is. It really not going to be not going to beat Breeze as that. Uh, Breeze uh, running and trying to escape from a killer, but he only runs in a straight line, so he accuses you of scream sniping because you know where he's going to run. Not that's not so much organization. No, no, he uh, no that that's uh, that just comes with time. That comes with time. Like, he don't. To be fair, I've got almost three thousand hours into the game. And there's people, and 3,000 hours seems like a lot, but there's people out there that's got twenty that's got eight, nine, ten thousand hours in the game. Oh yeah. And uh, but you know, 3,000 hours, I've, I've got a pretty good grasp on what I need to do as a survivor. Well, Breeze doesn't have that kind of time, and he might have he might have 750 hours in. So it's, right. it's a little bit of a it's an experience factor in that kind of game. Right. Right. Uh, Sean, Sean Spears, who plays the game a lot more than than Breeze. Hadn't played it in a while. Didn't know there was a perk that lets you see everybody at the beginning of the game. And then you went across and pulled somebody out of a locker, mm-hmm. and he was absolutely convinced that you were watching the stream. And people <laughs> are telling him, no, dude, that's a perk. And he just didn't see it, because obviously, because he was not reading chat at the time. Right. So I said, he still might think you're a screen, a screen sniper, but he didn't know that perk was a thing. Nah, he could he could watch my stream and know that what that's what I was using. So I, I would not, I would not, I don't, one, I don't have to stream snipe anybody. And two, if I was going to stream snipe anybody, it wouldn't be them because I consider them my friends. Right. Yeah. That's like in Super Show, we play we play online throughout the pandemic because you know in person stuff is is it's coming back now. We had it at Gen Con Origins, Pax Unplugged. We're going to have it at Captain Con in Rhode Island in February. But it's like why when someone asks me, oh, "Do you want to cut my deck?" I'm like none of us came here to cheat at cards and dice. Like, <laughs> is there, is, is, is there money on the line here? Nah, nah, we're, we're good. No, 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 nobody came out of the den to, to cheat somebody to cards and dice game today. Uh, seems nah. silly. Yeah, it is. It, it, you know, there's not that much on the line to, you know, to try to yeah. cheat, cheat at a casual game. There's not that much on the line. Right. Right. So you're playing dead by daylight. If you get killed, you lose literally nothing. I lose nothing. I've been if, killed thousands of times that game, and I've lost literally nothing. Yeah, if you kill everybody, you gain literally nothing. Mm-hmm. It's more, more so when it's kill your friends, where there's literally nothing online. Yeah. Yo, yeah, I'm, I'm going to cheat. Oh, that, that's worth it. Yeah, there's literally nothing online. Yeah, kill your friends is one of those places where I use uh, I use killers I've never used before just to experiment, and I look like a fool trying to do it, but that's what I use it for. And the last time I was in, last time I was in their stream, and that's what I did. I used the, uh, I used the newest killer, and I'd never used her before, and I looked like a fool. But yeah, and, and it make, it makes me feel good because you're using the huntress, and you can't aim with that thing, and I can't run a killer. <laughs> right? And yet here you are. I ran you for like five minutes, and you're getting mad at me. Why can't you do this in an actual game? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> last night, last night I ran. I actually ran a Bubba on someone else's stream. And you know that I can't run a killer. I'm terrible. I ran this Bubba for three solid minutes, and it's Bubba who you can't run. His whole thing. And, like, I ran him for three minutes. I got hit. I got And he, and he face camped me. I'm like, have fun losing the match, dude. Yep. Yeah, you've got the win and right I'm like, there. I'm like, I'm like if, 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 I could, if, I, if you're playing Bubba and I can run you, 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 can't, uh, you, just, you just deserve this. I'm sorry. Yep. You do. It was really funny. Uh... But yeah, so so yeah, it's 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 like Super Show. We know nobody's cheating. I'm trying to get them to play Super Show again now that Breeze has cards out. But I think Breeze is holding out to 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 get like a a, a payment deal with them, which which he should. He's a businessman. Yeah, 
Absolutely. He's selling his likeness. Absolutely. He should, he should get as much money as he can out of it. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I would. That, that's, that's, that's your most that, that's your most valuable feature as anybody. Anybody yeah, who's listening to this, your most valuable most valuable feature is your likeness. So yeah. anytime you have a chance to sell your likeness, get as much money as you can out of it. And here's why that deal is worth it. The first time through, when they came out with the first uh, Prince of Fashion competitor card and the first Perfection Sean Spears card, they did that, they did that stream. Breeze got me and uh, Foxworthy257 into the game, Jeff Fox. Mm-hmm. We are whales. We have given them so much bloody money this game that it was worth whatever they paid him just for the two of us. Right. Not even counting anybody else. If you get one player who's going to like do what we do and players don't have to do what we do. Uh, you know, it, again, it's it's designed to be like anti-magic. You can just buy a starter deck, couple cards, you good. And that's all you need. But if you get like one person who goes like full full all in and like buys competitors in the game, which I did on a Kickstarter where I'm in the game, uh, then you've made all back all the money that you spent on getting this promotion. So yeah, I think they should do it. Absolutely. My brother and go ahead and finish it up. Go all ahead. right. Yeah, go ahead and finish it up. Oh, that was all I had to say on that particular oh, okay. comment. Well, uh, I have kept you on here way longer than I intended because the conversation was so good, and thank you for that. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish with I'm gonna finish with a plug if I can. Go ahead. If anybody is in the uh, Atlanta area or is around the Atlanta area for a visit, uh, we play a super show at uh, TFD Comics and Games in Alpharetta, Georgia, or Gigabytes uh, Cafe in Marietta, Georgia. Usually TFD. Uh, so man, if you're, if, uh, you're going to be around the Atlanta area, hit me up, see if our locals is anytime while you're down here and, uh, we come see a super show. The game.com is where you can find this game. It's super good. Give it a try. And they're also, they also have a Twitch channel too. Don't forget. Yes. To the Twitch channel. SRG universe. Some, uh, sometimes I host the, the, the Wednesday night show, uh, with, if all the regular hosts are gone. So, uh, so, uh, Tuesday night at, uh, usually I guess eight thirty ish is Dojo where people can, where people can win cards, and Wednesday nights the talk show also eight thirty eight thirty ish talk of the universe. It's good stuff. I've dropped in there. I've, I've dropped in there a few times. Uh, give support when I can when I'm not at work, and because uh, uh, that's that's a lot of times you guys are on while I'm at work, and I and y'all don't hang around long enough for me to get off work and get in there to see you guys. But uh, I try to get in there when I can. And, and sometimes, uh, we and sometimes you get you. Sometimes we'll you you guys stop by and see me, and that's you know that's always greatly appreciated. But Jeremy, thank you so much, brother. And this thank is, you. this has been a fantastic conversation. We need to do it again. I like talking about wrestling. Yeah, we need to do this again. We need to do this again real soon. But uh, thank you, thank you so much, sir. You've made this uh, you've made this worthwhile. Thank you. And guys, that's going to conclude our uh, anniversary podcast. Thank you guys again for just being great and supporting us the way you do. Uh, it means it means the world to me and the girls that you guys support us the way you do. Uh, you know, 
holler at us on the holler at us on the anchor. Leave us a voicemail. We'll put it on the air. If you want to be on the air, we'll put your we'll put your voice on the air. Go to anchor 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 FM I think anchor FM yeah anchor FM and look for us little mark little mark wrestling podcast. Uh, go in there and leave us a voicemail. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Give us some ideas. Ask us a question. We would love to answer questions from you guys. Ask us a question. Uh, that I mean, you guys make this podcast go, and uh, we would love to hear from you and you can be involved. But uh, that's going to do it for me. It is uh, pretty late here, and I've got to get this episode out for you today. So uh, you guys have a great night. Have a very very merry Christmas or happy holidays regardless of what you celebrate this time of year it's all good it's all good I promise but uh, I'm out of here y'all have a uh, great holiday season and uh, we'll see you next year <laughs>